ನಿಮಗ್ ಗೊತ್ತಾ ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ಕೇಳೋದ್ರಿಂದ ಎಷ್ಟೆಲ್ಲಾ ಪ್ರಯೋಜನ ಇದೆ ಖಂಡಿತ ನಮ್ಮ ಪರಿಸರದ ಬಗ್ಗೆ ಕಾರ್ಯಕ್ರಮ ಇದೆ ಶಿಕ್ಷಣ ಆರೋಗ್ಯ ಅಂದ್ರೆ ಕೇಳ್ತಾ ಕೇಳ್ತಾ ಕಲಿಬಹುದು ಕಲಿತದ್ದನ್ನ ಪ್ರಯೋಗಿಸಬಹುದು ಪ್ರಯೋಗಿಸಿ ಪ್ರಯೋಜನ ಹೊಂದಬಹುದು ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ಇದು ಸಮುದಾಯ ಬಾನುಲಿ ಹೌದು ಪರಿವಾರ ಪರಿಸರ ಅಷ್ಟೇ ಯಾಕೆ ಇಡೀ ಪ್ರಪಂಚದಲ್ಲಿಯೇ ಐಕ್ಯತೆ ಭ್ರಾತೃತ್ವ ಸಹಬಾಳ್ವೆ ಇವುಗಳನ್ನು ಕುರಿತು ವಿಚಾರವಂತ ಕಾರ್ಯಕ್ರಮಗಳ ವಾಹಿನಿ ಅಂದ್ರೆ ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ತೊಂಬತ್ತು ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ನಾಲ್ಕು ತರಂಗಾಂತರದಲ್ಲಿ ಕೇಳಿ ತಿಳಿಯೋಣ ತಿಳಿದು ಬೆಳೆಯೋಣ ಹಾಯ್ ಹೆಲೋ ಎವ್ರಿ ಒನ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಲಿಸ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಬ್ಯಾಂಗ್ಳೂರು ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಕಮ್ಯುನಿಟಿ ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಸ್ಟೇಷನ್ ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ಸಿ ಆರ್ and welcome to today's active event and today's topic is interdisciplinary action research conversation with emerging leaders a collaborative initiative of cfa and esg and this is the season 9 midwifery is the past present and future of birth and today's speakers is chetan kulkarni co-founder the birth om mallige social activist and don't waste your time and come let's see what they all discuss getting used to a new normal with masks and social distancing work from home and uh, adjusting to the lockdowns and the unlocking that is happening across our country and also where you know increasing uh, numbers of uh, people in our own social circles are in containment zones or have isolated themselves or are quarantined and many of us probably even saw a whole lot of uh, close friends and acquaintances and people who been working with us lose their lives because of the current pandemic and just about everything around us is demanding a fresh new rethinking it is this opportunity that we need to completely make use of imagine a world that is going to be different and as national and global economies trying to recover from the crash that they saw the unorganized and informal communities who constitute a major uh, part of the economic population are still uh, grievously impaired and coping with the many many things that are happening around so in such a climate of despair uh, many young researchers and activists have been working on emerging trends in interdisciplinary action research which address some of the most pressing issues of our times and that too from various sectors of urban planning public health education migration studies digital commons informal economy entrepreneurship ecology and many others so such ideas and explorations deserve public focus and given the post pandemic situation and the difficulties to meet and discuss such rich ideas that they are working on or are exploring our uh, cfa and esg thought it would be best to bring these areas to focus uh, and especially the exciting explorations by these young researchers from across india so it is this webinar series uh, that we put together and uh, we hope that it would draw attention uh, to such quiet and interdisciplinary efforts uh, that are being pursued by emerging researchers and leaders and uh, through in-depth conversation that we can understand a lot more so in the process uh, the series has aimed to create spaces for interaction between academia civil society researchers students and the wider public 
So today's conversation is titled Midwifery is the Past, Present and Future of Birth. Uh, what is very interesting is in, in a world where, you know, we've been pushed into institutional births and especially the simple uh, process of the normal process of uh, birth has been made uh, super complicated with a um, number of interventions, which has created a lot of fear among the women. Many studies across the world uh, came out with um, evidence to show that there has to be a process in place to make this experience for women uh, safe and it should not disturb their mental health. It should be an experience that uh, they enjoy and it should also ensure the safety of the mother and child. And as a result, uh, WHO has come out with a bunch of new recommendations uh, to establish standards for global uh, standards for healthy uh, pregnancy and to reduce the unnecessary medical intervention, in interventions. So according to WHO, worldwide an estimated 140 million births take place every year. And most of these occur without complications for women and their babies. But yet, over the last uh, 20 years, practitioners have increased the use of interventions that were previously known only to be used to avoid risks or treat complications. And these are especially, you know, the use of oxytocin uh, to speed up labor or the cesarean sections. And the entire birthing experience has become filled with anxiety, fear, trauma, um, and more for many people. Childbirth is a very normal mammalian process and studies have shown that increased medicalization has undermined this very natural process and, and, and a woman's capability to give birth uh, resulting in negative experience. The studies have also revealed that a substantial proportion of healthy pregnant women are often subjected to needless and potentially harmful uh, routine intervention. So these uh, guidelines include evidence-based recommendation care is needed during labor and immediately after for the health and safety of women, of the woman and her baby. So some of these include, you know, like having a companion of choice, especially during labor and ensuring there is respectful care, uh, ensuring there is good communication between the woman and the healthcare providers, uh, maintaining privacy and confidentiality, or uh, for example, also provisions to take consent of the woman who is in labor uh, before um, certain interventions are done. And providing choice to the woman about her pain management, the labor, the birth positions and more. So this entire process of birthing is a very beautiful process where every labor is unique and it varies in duration from woman from one woman to the other. But over the years, these unnecessary interventions have become widespread, often making it, like I said before, not a great experience and also very expensive and many a time it is beyond the reach of the poor. So in this context, Adopting a woman-centered uh, philosophy and a human rights-based approach uh, has opened the door to many, many care providers and uh, it provides options that women would probably um, dream to have, especially, like I said, you know, having basic 
respect and dignity and uh, companion so many women today uh, are opting for this natural birth in the presence of a loved one in a safe place not just in terms of medical safety but also emotional and mental well-being and uh, women are beginning to express the need for someone who is trustworthy someone who listens to their need and understands their feelings and can help them to tap into their own powerful uh, natural instinct uh, during childbirth and enjoy those moments uh, during that beautiful journey see this is also very important for a mother at it, as it has a very deep personal significance for her so it is in this regard uh that every pregnant woman um needs to be educated on every aspect of pregnancy and birthing and it is important for her to understand her body and feel empowered and so with the increase in awareness women in many many cities across the world and also in india today have started asking the right questions that are driving change women know that they can say no to an epidural or an episiotomy and it's important for women to know their rights to um, give or withhold consent for any of the interventions fully understanding the risks the benefits and the alternatives that are available so it is in this context we have with us our speakers uh, ms chetna kulkarni and mallige who will share with us two very different worlds of maternal health from their very passionate uh, work experience to introduce our speakers uh, we have uh, chetna who has been um, the founder of very consciously made her choice and then we have uh, mallige who is social activist who has been uh, looking at um, maternal health and the challenges women face in the context of maternal health a couple of more lines about uh, chetna like i said she is the co-founder of the birth home uh, which is the midwifery care and birth center she has been working as in prenatal labor birth postpartum care and breastfeeding support she is passionate about providing families with another option to give birth using their natural inbuilt abilities with the right environment support and care outside of hospitals and then we have mallige who also works with people's movements uh, like the karnataka janashakti where she is a social activist and janashakti works on a variety of issues with youth urban and rural poor in collaboration with many organizations so for today we will have uh, chetna share her experience first and then we will learn from mallige the kinds of challenges women face uh, when they go to hospitals especially during childbirth uh, so some general housekeeping rules we will keep our microphones on mute and cell phones on silent and if there are questions and comments i would encourage you to put it in the chat box uh, so over to chetna thank you chetna thank you so much for that uh, background and the introduction uh, bhargavi uh, really excited to uh, share this um, uh, platform with mallige who i deeply admire and respect as i do deeply admire and respect uh, you as well bhargavi because chetna was asking me will i be seeing people or will i see a screen so i said we will make that request so a, a request to just to have this a little more interactive and i can see yeah and i can know that i'm talking to people yeah thank you so much um so in in today's world especially let's say just bangalore if someone were to get pregnant 
uh, what are their options? Typically, they would, you know, the moment they realize that they're pregnant, they would just go and visit the doctor. And then, you know, follows all the tests and the ultrasounds. And I think we have, uh, you know, as uh, society moved from uh, birth, which was a very community uh, which was a home-based, which was a family-based event. We have taken that and moved it into uh, institu institutionalization, uh, which means that most, I would say still, like in India still, a lot of people still give birth at homes. Um, so there is a big disparity right there. But then in urban, like I said, in Bangalore, for example, uh, most of the people would be accessing uh, care in a medicalized environment. Okay, so uh, the reason being that we don't know that we have other options. We don't know that midwifery, when it existed, right, uh, you know, before the advent of the modern day obstetrics, uh, the way midwifery existed was that you would have someone in the community who was trained, who was skilled, uh, and all the training basically happened by uh, shadowing and observing an older midwife, right? Uh, it was uh, usually the birthing person would usually be surrounded and supported by their family members and uh, they would be the midwife would attend their births uh, you know and then do all the make sure that the mother and baby are all right do all the cleaning and then go back and then the mother and the baby stay at where they actually belong. Uh, they don't they don't have to leave their homes to go anywhere to actually give birth. You know, many decades back, uh, the government of India uh, decided that they need to move uh, birth into hospitals or uh, primary healthcare centers or have medical uh, trained medical professionals available for birth uh, because they wanted to reduce the uh, mortality and the morbidity for both the uh, parents as well as for the... While this was a great move, um, it sort of has not worked. And we have a lot of, uh, you know, many, many years of evidence to prove that it hasn't worked because of the disparity, right? So in the rural settings, uh, we, have, we don't have access to resources. We don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough nurses. Uh, so we don't have access to... Uh, so the people birthing in those settings don't have access to safe places to give birth. So they, we have actually made it unsafe for them. And on the other hand, where, uh, you know, in the cities where we have a lot of doctors and relatively a lot of doctors and uh, hospitals, uh, we have made it uh, unsafe for them also in many ways because uh, we have moved into a highly medicalized model. Okay. The reason why I'm saying birth in hospitals can actually... Uh, tend towards being unsafe is because, uh, you know, I, I deeply respect the obstetric model of care. We have nothing really against it. What we are trying to say here is that, you know, overuse of the, uh, you know, the, either the instruments, the diagnostics, the investigations, or uh, interventions, as uh, Bhargavi mentioned, all those, uh, and it's happening, it's happening today that we are tending to overuse overuse all these uh, various um, tools that are available for us. So is that actually leading to optimal outcomes, right? And uh, we again have a lot of evidence saying that it is not, it is not leading to optimal outcomes. So, I mean, the most talked about intervention is C-sections, right? So if you take C-sections, 
uh, WHO recommends that you know your C-section rate should not be more than uh, 10 to 15 percent. But uh, what has happened is, and I'll just share. So in India, I hope everyone can see the screen. So uh, this is a, a Hindu article uh, which was uh, published last year. Uh, so it's uh, it shows how many C-sections. Uh, what is the C-section percentage in various states of the country? And you can see that, you know, we have a really, really high percentage. So when WHO is recommending 15% maximum, what is the reason as to why we have, you know, in Telangana, for example, which is showing the highest 57.7%, uh, what is the justification that we can give for such high percentages of C-section, right? Um, I know that in some hospitals in Bangalore, we have, uh, you know, C-section rates almost like 80 to 90 percent, right? And in especially in this pandemic, uh, we have seen a huge increase uh, in uh, C-sections because of the fear. It is, again, not justified because uh, uh, really when you're actually performing a surgery, you're coming more in more contact with a lot of body fluids as opposed to letting a labor uh, a person labor by themselves and you know birth on their own terms um so yes yeah, safety and precautions they do take in the hospitals but uh, you know does a does a birthing person does a pregnant person have to go through an, a major abdominal surgery because we are in the midst of pandemic and definitely the answer is no now right now routinely we have mothers and babies being separated after birth uh, because we want to keep everybody safe. But the baby is more safe with the mother because the baby has grown for nine months in the mother's uterus. And then how does her body suddenly become unsafe for the baby because we are in the midst of a pandemic? So those are, you know, some questions we need to ask, right? Um, so kind of going back to what we want to discuss, like the past uh, so midwifery was our past, right? And clearly it has worked in the past because, you know, our population has been exploding and continues to explode. So what what comes to one's mind, right? When we say the word midwife, we typically, uh, you know, might picture an uh, elderly person who is uh, there with a vessel filled with sand and is attending the birth and... Uh, you know, once the baby comes out, she ties the cord, cuts the, um, you know, umbilical cord with a blade after tying it and puts the placenta, that is the afterbirth, uh, into the vessel filled with sand. Uh, some hot boiling water also present to sterilize the blade, which she uses to cut. So that's typically what comes into our mind, right? Um, and that was working in the past. Uh Right now, in today's world, right, we have incorporated midwifery has moved from the traditional midwifery into modern midwifery, where we have incorporated a lot of good things about obstetrics. But what really remains our focus is, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one individualized care, and also the focus is on the birthing person and on the baby. Right. So that has always been the core of any midwifery philosophy, if you see that, uh, you know, the birthing person's bodies, uh, their autonomy, their uh, choices. 
so all that uh, is uh, you know kind of the core philosophy and also knowing what kind what you're getting into right so typically again right now if you're pregnant you would go to a doctor uh, and in india we do have many people have this complex right that doctors really know what's best for us and they're also a part of the system the doctors so they have learned in medical school uh, to view birth as not something that is normal or physiological right they most doctors view birth as pathological so uh, when we go and we you know submit ourselves to the doctors and they call us as patients i mean somebody who is pregnant is not a patient right uh, they are just uh, their bodies are doing what their bodies are meant to do right so so you are first of all you know again bhagavi talked about respect and dignity so the moment you walk into an office and if you're called a patient then that's where you know the first level of your dignity is kind of stripped off and the power is taken away from you right so the idea is to give power back to the birthing people so what we have done at the birth home is created a midwifery model of care where a midwife is a trained medical professional so you know it's modern midwifery has gone from it being a community based apprentice learning to something where you actually get a degree you go through rigorous education you go through a learning all the skills a doctor would learn but just that your focus is on normal birth okay and midwives are trained to see that birth is going in its normal progression it's going in its normal path and the moment it starts straying away from normal the idea is that midwives have the skill to bring it back to normality and suppose for whatever reasons we are not able to bring it back to normality that's when you know the medical model of care comes into place so as i said we are not against modern obstetrics it has its place in the whole system but do uh, all people need it no and uh, there are stats which say that 80% of uh, pregnant people can give birth without uh, medical interventions without the medical model of care and they can birth normally with just having one on one midwifery care so now again in the indian context if we were to talk um so there even worldwide you see that midwifery models are different types of models so the most uh, common model especially in india is the nurse midwives okay so you have uh, we have uh, ancillary nurse midwives and general nurse midwives so ancillary nurse midwives are uh, they don't have as much training as a general nurse midwife but you see these midwives practicing typically in a rural setting uh, in phcs uh, but usually they are always practicing under a doctor's guidance or even if the doctor is not physically present uh, they don't have the full uh, independence to function without having a doctor guide them or sign off on the records or do uh, you know the other administrative things but they are the ones actually attending the births uh so we have uh, some very wonderful models which are set up right now in this country 
uh, one of it is Jan Swasthya Sayyuk, which is a multi-speciality hospital, and uh, there they have set up a nursing program uh, where they do train midwives. They also have training for traditional birth attendants, and uh, these um, trained uh, midwives and um, the birth assistants, the traditional birth assistants, they practice in their own communities where they are attending births. Okay, and in case of any sort of a complications, they transfer from their satellite uh, centers to the multi-speciality hospital. Um, and it has been working for many years now. And uh, it has been a very successful model. And they do have very low, low rates of C-sections. And they have, um, uh, you know, very few interventions. They do have some medical interventions, which they do on a routine basis. But it's at a very minimum level. Uh, and there are certain other uh, similar models, which um, one is in Indore called as Chaitram, uh, where um, Usha Kande, she's the principal of the nursing college there. She has created a midwifery. Uh, she has promoted midwifery amongst her nursing students. And uh, similarly, we have Sudharadi, who is the principal of Kaili College in Belgaum, who has also done um, some work in trying to promote and is doing some work in trying to promote midwifery and having a midwifery course in her nursing college. Uh, we have the Fernandez hospitals in Hyderabad who, uh, where the model in um, coming up with the, so the government has come up with the 2018 guidelines for midwifery and um, one of the more, I mean, they got a lot of inspiration from the pilot project which was done in Telangana, uh, in rural Telangana, where they have trained nurses to become nurse practitioners in midwifery. So the way uh, future of midwifery looks like in Indian uh, context is nurse midwifery. And um, uh, it has its place, uh, definitely. So different. there are different models, I'll explain that in a bit. But the thing with um, um, the nurse practitioner in midwifery is that we it's not very clear still whether um, the NPMs will have autonomy to practice by themselves. Will they be the sole uh, care providers for uh, people uh, who will be coming and birthing? And they can only practice in hospitals, which is very, very different from what I do and what my colleagues do as a part of the birth home. So to talk a little bit about what we do. So our model is a standalone model. It's a standalone unit. So we are not working in a hospital, but we have a center of our own where we don't have doctors, but we have a skilled midwife who is trained. And right now, because we don't have the access to that kind of training, we are sourcing international midwives to come and uh, help us set up this thing. Uh, and also we have, uh, you know, me and my colleagues are learning midwifery as we go along so that we can make this whole model a sustainable uh, model going into the future. So basically what we do is provide an option. So women can definitely go and birth in hospitals. But we are also telling them that, you know, if you want, there is another alternative where you can use, um, you know, your um, decision-making capacity 
uh, your uh, inbuilt innate power to give birth. Okay, and I'd like to just show you a little bit. And so, what does a safe, normal, and natural birth look like at the birth home? So, this is these are all pictures of our clients, and uh, this is uh, actually the bathroom where uh, one of our clients was laboring. So, a lot of our clients actually labor either in the bedroom or the bathroom. So, the way we have set up the center is that it is pretty much a house. It is a home-like setting. Um, so. Our clients come in and give birth. We have uh, facility to use water as one of the tools for either laboring or giving birth. So here I'm supporting one of our clients to, you know, she's actually trying to push. So she's in the second stage. She's, you know, well advanced into her labor. She's very close to birth and she's, pushing, uh, you know, with a contraction as it comes. So we provide this one-on-one -on -one support to women who want to avail our facility. Uh, so support forms a big, big part of our care, right? And individualized care um, is something that we kind of focus on. Here, uh, actually, we have left the couple alone, and she's using um, a very strong uh, cloth. We could even use cotton saris uh, to sort of, you know, hold on to. Uh, during a contraction and her partner is just providing her that comfort and that safe, secure uh, environment. So we um, work a lot with the partners. It is, um, you know, a family event and uh, the partner forms a pretty big part of how, uh, you know, the birthing people can kind of cope during labor. Here, one of our clients, she's using a comb and uh, she's pressing on it through the contraction. So you can see from her expression that she clearly is in some amount of pain, uh, but she's able to deal with it by just breathing. So we use a lot of comfort measures, a lot of coping techniques to sort of help uh, them. And the clients do it themselves. So I, I'll tell you how that happens in a bit, but they are kind of tuned into what they need to do during their labor. And uh, we, we step in only if it is required. So we try to be as hands-off or um, as hands-on as they need. So they are dictating as to how we will function during their labor and birth. So here she is uh, adopting another um, you know, position to again deal with the contraction. And you can see her partner is just like touching her foot to just say that, yes, I'm here. Um, this is a picture of um, the same client who I was supporting, who just gave birth. And you can just see from her eyes that, you know, she feels so much at peace, right? And she's just in love with her baby. Uh, so this is the kind of experience that every person who wants to give birth and who is pregnant deserves, right? Whether it is a birth in a tub in, at the birth home or even a C-section in the hospital, right? So can we work towards making that happen? That is the question we need to ask ourselves. So basically, it was just a video of what happens after birth. And I'll just maybe talk through it. Uh, so typically, after birth, uh, we don't separate the mother and baby. Uh, and the only time uh, in midwifery care we would separate the mother and baby is that if either of them needed some sort of a medical attention. Um, but in most cases, we don't have to. So 
the mother and baby are always together like in the photo that i showed you and they are always uh, going to be uh, to, uh, they have that uh, time to bond together as a family uh, we don't you know do too many things we try to maintain low voices um doing only what is necessary and not separating them we don't clamp and cut the cord until you know all the blood has flown from the placenta to the baby because it is the baby's blood um and again there is research which and evidence which backs up these practices so these are optimal practices which we uh, employ right after birth um and typically we wait until the baby figures out how to latch on and breastfeed and once the first breastfeeding is done then you know we slowly start to do other things like you know uh, check if the baby is doing fine adapting fine to the and also how the uh, you know if the baby is um, physically okay so the midwife does a full physical check of the baby then she also checks the birthing person to see uh if she is doing okay um physical checks checks of vitals um so typically this is how uh you know a birth would happen and the the thing that i wanted to basically also show i don't know if you can still see my screen because i haven't uh, stopped the sharing so what happens before we lead up to the birth right so we have uh, prenatal care which is very similar to what doctors would do in the hospital but also very different uh you would be seeing uh you know the midwife regularly uh but instead of seeing uh, somebody for 5 minutes or 10 minutes uh you would typically end up spending at least 45 minutes to an hour in each consult so we go through you know the emotional aspect the physical aspect nutrition exercise everything so it is uh, as i said a very individualized care that we provide and any questions uh you know the person has about you know either the pregnancy labor birth or after the baby comes uh we help uh, you know answer those questions and find what is right for them um so the next thing that we also do is we have uh, in house physiotherapists who help in you know making sure that the person is having a right posture in pregnancy because that can you know affect a lot of things about how we uh, you know function on a day to day basis physiotherapists also work with our clients after the baby comes to make sure that you know the person who gave birth is doing fine we have um, very comprehensive birth preparation classes and mm. of course uh, you know when birth was still a community and a family event this probably would, would not have been required but since we have moved away from that model of care into a very different uh, you know present day model we do have classes to prepare the couples um so the birthing person and the partner usually attend the classes and we have very hands on ways of um, you know getting the information across to them so that they can understand it and they are able to again make the decisions informed decisions and choices that they need to make for their family uh we have um, fitness classes so uh which uh, in house classes which uh, you know one of my partners takes um and again this is to build the stability the stamina and uh you know balance 
so that you're prepared for the long rigorous labor. So in our birth classes, we also discuss a lot about um, how one would be able to prepare for the, how one would be able to face their fears and uh, what if they've had, you know, previous trauma, we discuss about a lot about that. So we do support um, what we call as VBAC, which is vaginal birth after cesarean. So if you've had a first cesarean, it doesn't mean that for your second or third or fourth child that you need to actually have a cesarean. You can also attempt to deliver the baby vaginally. That is something that we do offer at our center and not too many doctors um, in Bangalore offer that option to their clients. So that is something that you know we are very happy to have that as an option. So, so this is kind of an overview of what we do. To kind of wrap it up, you know, going in the future, uh, of course, one option is to become a nurse and then become a nurse practitioner in midwifery as a career option if that is what uh, you're considering doing. Uh, but the other option, the birth home model that we are in the process of setting up is community-based midwifery. Uh, we are uh, very shortly going to start a Facebook group, study group, usually a predetermined assignment where you know the study group works on. Uh, each person gets a different topic and we all prepare for it. And we come together once a month and we present on that topic so that each person you know, we have many topics and people are learning about different things uh, with respect to childbirth. And we also practice one skill and we also, the instructor will be presenting one case study. So we're very excited to present that as an option to everybody here present. Um, so you can always get in touch with me. I can share my contact details. And uh, we can add you to the Facebook group so that you can join our study group to take midwifery to the next level. Okay, thank you for this valuable information for everyone. And friends, you can connect us by following in FB Instagram. And you can share your feedbacks by through contacting us 080-223-55490. Again, 080-223-55490. Thank you for listening. Bharata Haligala Nadu Halavu Samskrutigala Bidu Namale Habba Haridina Jatrigaliga Kademeyanilla Higella Jatre Vutsavagalu Nadiwaga Inthadundu Shabda Nada Namage Kirutale Rutade Womome Hosa Utsaha Badidabisuva Nada Vaipava Idu ತಮಟೆಯ ಸದ್ದು ಡೊಳ್ಳಿನ ಸದ್ದು ಇವು ಮೇಳೈಸಿದಾಗ ಒಮ್ಮೆಲೆ ಒಗ್ಗೂಡುತ್ತವೆ ನಮ್ಮ ಮೈಮನಗಳು ಇದು ಗ್ರಾಮೀಣ ಸಂಸ್ಕೃತಿ ಇಲ್ಲಿ ಇಲ್ಲ ಯಾವುದೇ ಇತಿಮಿತಿ ಕಾಲುಗಳು ಕುಣಿಯುತ್ತವೆ ಹೃದಯ ಸಂಭ್ರಮಿಸುತ್ತದೆ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕದ ವೈಶಿಷ್ಟ್ಯ ನಿಮ್ಮ ಸಮುದಾಯ ರೇಡಿಯೋನಲ್ಲಿ ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ತೊಂಬತ್ತು ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ನಾಲ್ಕು ಮೆಗಾಹರ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಆಗಿ ಆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ಆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ಆಕ್ಟಿವ್